It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. I told my friends I was going to Berlin on a mission trip. It sounded a lot better than, my dad became obsessed with this crazy preacher and he's moving us halfway around the world to join some kind of cult. I did my best to talk about nightclubs and castles and apple streusels, but the truth is that I was terrified. Most people in my tiny Kentucky hometown had never been outside the state, much less the country, and I was no exception. At least I had my twin brother Lee for company, but he didn't understand what was going on any better than I did. The two of us had just gotten home from school when Lee heard voices coming from daddy's study, which was already strange since dad never did business at home. I mean, I don't even really know what he does for a living. But when Lee gave me that look, I knew right away I needed to keep quiet. I closed the screen door gently trying to keep the rusty hinges from shrieking, and we crept down the hallway until we were within earshot of a bizarre conversation. A baritone voice with a thick southern accent was lecturing our father. Your sins are not weakness, the voice drawled. Your sins are why you've been chosen. But you're sure you can fix it? My dad, Andy Haldeman, whispered. You can fix me? All those who prove themselves worthy are healed. Are you ready to prove yourself worthy, Andy? The next morning, Dad told us that we were going to Berlin. It didn't make any sense. Dad's whole life was here. He'd done everything he could to make us feel like we were good kids from a good family growing up in a good town. And now he was just going to throw it all away for the hand of God evangelical mission 
read the intro on the screen. Dad had pulled up a video on the living room TV. A big, middle-aged man with a blonde flat-top haircut and a white suit stood in front of a windowless brick room, surrounded by a noisy crowd. That's Reverend Bledsoe, Dad told us. He sounded almost proud. He operates a mission in Berlin, feeding the hungry, sheltering the homeless, counselling the lost, and healing the sick. A faith healer, I thought. Great, another fraud, just like the rest of them. I'd seen videos like this in church before. They were always the same. The shaky camera, the gibbering and wailing and speaking in tongues. They always looked fake to me, and I couldn't see what made this one any different. Lee and I looked at each other, and I knew we were both thinking the same thing. What does Dad need fixed about himself? Why this guy? Why Berlin? And why now? Look, ah, uh, Dad sighed. I know I've been away a lot with... work. You know, it's like I blinked and you two were teenagers. He tried to laugh. But this is going to be a fresh start for us as a family. A chance to find God and find each other. Andy Haldeman wasn't a man who let himself look vulnerable often, but he sure did then. Come on, bring it in. Dad's arms, bare strong and about as hairy, pulled us in for a hug. Ever since Mom died, it's just been the three of us, but Dad's never let us down. Dil Ayad read the license of the cabbie who picked us up from Berlin's Brandenburg Airport that chilly early March morning. He asked if I was alright. If not, kick the back of my seat twice, okay? There was concern in his dark eyes, and I realised how I must have looked. A skinny white girl in Walmart clothes, shivering, lost with no language skills, travelling with two silent men. I'm fine, I lied. Just tired. Truth be told, Dill looked even more tired than I was. When Dad told him our destination... His worry only deepened. Once we got to the neighbourhood, I could see why. I'd never seen so much graffiti or so many boarded up windows. The air smelled like pee and cigarettes. Three ghost pal guys with shaved heads and black hoodies watched us hungrily as we unloaded our luggage. One of them definitely had a weapon in his pocket, but Dad didn't even seem to notice. His eyes were fixed in a sign at the end of the alley. The Hand of God, Evangelical Mission. I felt something being pressed into my hand. Dill, the driver, was giving me his card. In case you need a ride home sometime. I knew he was trying to tell me something with that long look he gave me before he left, but I had no idea what it could be. I slipped the card into my jeans before Dad could see. The taxi's red lights disappeared into the traffic, and a big man stepped out of the shadows of the mission to greet us. I recognised Reverend Bledsoe right away, but I was surprised that he knew me. Welcome, Amber. My hand was swallowed up by his in that two-handed handshake that all preachers seem to use, and suddenly his electric blue eyes were much, much too close to mine. I felt like the frog we dissected sophomore year, like my skin was peeled open, like he could see everything inside of me. I'm so glad you could join us, 
Lee got a handshake as well, and then the reverend was standing in front of Dad. Brother Randy, at last, please come inside. We have so much to discuss. I don't know what they talked about for two hours, but when Dad left the reverend's study, we had the keys to a crummy 1970s apartment in the neighborhood and instructions to meet at the mission at midnight for a special service. A healing. Well, maybe healing isn't the right word. If it hadn't been for what I saw afterward, I might have thought so. I might even have found God again, or at least thought that I had. Instead, I found something much darker and harder to explain. It was an eerie feeling standing in the room from the video I'd seen back in Kentucky, what felt like a lifetime ago. I tried to pay attention during Reverend Bledsoe's sermon, mostly just to figure out what level of crazy we were dealing with, but I kept drifting off. The jet lag was hitting me hard. Lee had to nudge me awake with his elbow. Finally, a woman came up to the Reverend's side in the spotlight. When he saw her, my breath caught in my throat. Her skin was... melted, like candle wax. How could she see, or smell, or even eat from the left side of her face was beyond me. You will know Sister Naima, nods of agreement. When she was just a girl, her father attacked her with acid because he believed, wrongly, that a boy in her class had taken a virtue. Tonight, that wrong will be made right. The crowd around me started moaning and swaying. I didn't believe any of this, but the tension in the room was so strong, I had to grab the sides of my chair to keep from swaying with them. Dad had his hands in the air. Are you ready, Sister Naima? Are you ready to open your eyes? Naima nodded. Reverend Bledsoe placed a hand on her awful scars. Then, be healed. It wasn't a trick. It couldn't be. The Reverend reshaped Naima's mutilated skin slowly, like a sculptor forming clay. When he brought his hand away, all that remained were faint scars and the face of the beautiful young woman who Naima was always destined to be. Just like in the video, the crowd went crazy. But I noticed something different up close. Reverend Bledsoe was holding something in his left hand. His fist was curled around it gently, but firmly, like when Lee and I were kids catching frogs and lizards by the creek. With his right hand, the Reverend shoved open the door to his quarters and left behind the hysterical crowd. We were already outside the mission when I realized my phone had fallen out of my pocket in the chaos. I begged Dad and Lee to wait, then crept back inside. I just stepped into the windowless meeting hall when I heard a cough. I wasn't alone. I don't know what made me slip behind the curtain. Maybe it was the creepiness of all those rows of empty folding chairs or the strangeness of what I'd just seen. But I pressed my back against the wall and waited. Through a gap in the velvet, I saw one of the pale, shaved-headed boys from earlier. He twitched like he could see shadows moving in the corners of the room. Either that, or he was on a lot of drugs. 
Reverend Bledsoe slipped back into the room, gently closing the heavy wooden door he'd opened with a single thrust of his palm. The boy started whispering in German. I had no idea what he was saying, but even if I'd been a native speaker, I doubt his rambling would have made any sense. I cram-studied ever since I learned we were coming to Berlin, and that was the only reason I could understand the reverend's words. They cut through the boy's babble, clear as a bell. You promised me, and you failed. Reverend Bledsoe brought his left hand to the side of the pale boy's face. Just for a flash, that hand looked different from the one that I'd shaken earlier that morning. It looked grey, diseased, its fingernails blackened, and then the room filled with the smell of dissolving flesh. The pale boy shrieked, clawing at the smoke from his melting skin. When he finally collapsed on the floor, it was like a mirror image of Nima's injuries had been seared into him. I squeezed my mouth shut to hold back my own scream. Reverend Bledsoe looked at the teenager on the floor and sighed. He stepped over him and strode back into the depths of the mission. The boy groaned on the floor. I didn't dare to move. Something buzzed and shook. My phone, right on the chair where I'd left it. With one glance at the pale boy, I snatched it and ran for my family. As I did though, I noticed the door to the inner mission was open. Just a crack. Had the reverend seen me? Did he know that I knew? I didn't say anything, but Lee could tell something was wrong. It's like that with twins. Still, that didn't keep him from laying on the top bunk, reading about Berlin nightlife, while I tried to invent a dinner from the random German cans we'd picked up from the supermarket on the walk home. Honestly, I was glad for the distraction. Dad still had that dreamy, faraway look in his eyes. That's what the power of belief can do, he commented over dinner. Coming here was the right choice, you'll see. Later, I lay staring up at Lee's bunk with my eyes wide open, trying to believe my father. My twin brother snored, knocked out by the time change. If only I'd been asleep too. Instead, the door creaked open. I leaned over and looked into the open mouth of the dark hallway. No one seemed to be there. And yet, I suddenly felt very defenseless. I was only wearing a t-shirt and underwear, and there was nothing on the bedside table to use as a weapon. Instinct made me bend over and check under the bed. Nothing. Then why did I hear movement? I looked up just in time to see a shoe disappearing around the corner of the door. The top corner of the door. A person, or something that looked like a person, had been crawling. On the ceiling. Watching me. My scream woke up Lee, Dad, and probably half the building. After searching the apartment, Dad tried to convince me I'd had a bad dream. But he couldn't explain away the dirty footprints on my ceiling. When the rest of the family went back to bed, I checked for Dill's card where I'd left it on the nightstand. But it was gone. In its place was a plain white card. Hebrew 3.12 it read. 
My hand shook when I took out the Bible in the nightstand drawer and read the verse by the light of my phone. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart. Her dad's new hero, this reverend, sent something after me, a warning to keep my mouth shut. Tomorrow is my first day as a volunteer. Dad, Lee and I will be unloading vans of donated food, assembling meals, cleaning the shelter and handing out pamphlets. In the roughest neighborhood I'd ever seen. That's the mission's goal, or so we've been told. But here in Berlin, the truth seems hidden beneath the surface, or crawling along the ceiling. I don't know what might happen if I tell the truth about what I saw. I don't know what the hand of God promised my father to make him drag us here, or what part we're expected to play in all this. All I can do is lay here, staring at the shadows above the half-open door. I swear there's something up there, a mutilated, black-eyed face that grins down at me and waits for me to fall asleep. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.